Hey, peoples, germs, maggots, humanoids, Bigfoots, aliens. <laughs> uh, the guy in Arkansas, oh. or is it Alabama? It's in Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah, you got to go Arkansas on that one, man. Okay. Hey, welcome to Biscuits and Gravy. Oh, Shenanigans with Biscuits and Gravy. Should I do this again? That's right. Hey, welcome. Shenanigans <laughs> Biscuits and Gravy. Whatever. <laughs> We're here. Biscuits and Gravy. Works. It all works. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Lord. I need some more coffee. Mm. Oh, this is good stuff. That's the last thing I need right now. I just wanted a. I just <laughs> wanted an afternoon mug. Mm. Mm. What kind of stuff. coffee you got today? Well, um, it's uh, the name of it is just black. This is by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Um, huh? If you go on there to school, uh, BRCC or uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company. Uh, I don't have the exact address but google that shit it's delicious um this is a medium blend slightly on the uh darker half um not too dark the uh, uh aroma is uh uh very pleasant um very um uh, i was about to say hoppy but um yeah you sound like you're describing your favorite threesome <laughs> it's <laughs> oh god if a guy is addicted to masturbating and then becomes addicted to sex is it safe to say his addiction got out of hand <laughs> oh my god my back was hurting me earlier today I mean it's still hurting but it was a little bit more so earlier I uh I took a shower and I put that thing all the way on hot and I just let it hit my back and man it felt good but dude I'm telling you salam pas are the I... way to go well, I mean, I, I was doing... You can't get CBD lotion, salon pos, man. The big, thick gel ones. Well, I mean, getting the hot water around my back was, like, really good. But the problem was, after a while, it kind of hurt holding my ankles. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that was a long and good joke. I'm glad. <laughs> glad you waited for that punchline. That was nice. Oh. oh, my God. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't have coffee. I have. I have a Warhawk, American Pale Ale, mm. and it is good, man. Yes. It's six point five percent alcohol, and it's not very hoppy at all. It almost has like a like a lager aftertaste, but the initial flavor of it is like a very light. IPA. Hmm. It's actually really good. I enjoy this. I got it at Walmart too. Can you believe that? Oh yeah. Sometimes they actually have good ones. I have uh in, in my fridge. I was shot. I almost... Huh? I said I almost shit myself. It was next to the Michelob Ultra. Oh my god. And I... yeah, and usually I don't go that far down the aisle. <laughs> 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 what was Nettie Ice right next to that? <laughs> oh yeah, and then there's the King Cobra. Yeah, and you know Steel Reserve, and oh, yeah. then Bartles and James. Wow, that's funny. <clears throat> yeah, yeah he, um, why is this saying poor connection? Damn it. Okay, let me just turn this phone thing down. All right. Oh yeah, I didn't turn mine off. Man. Here we go. 
And I'm going to turn this power thing up. off, too. Power off. Yeah. Good job. Okay. We're all powered off, go. so hopefully connection works. Um, now that we've got a, a back beer, uh, back beer, yeah. booze, and anal out of the way, um, what topics do you have? <laughs> Dude, I had such a busy week this week. I was going to do something on another set of serial killers. Oh. Uh, yeah, I was, you know, going out to California, I was going to do that, but I was going to do my research over the weekend and then get all my stuff typed up today, but our weekend at work ended up being just completely insane. Uh, so I actually have a story from my job and like, it, it's strange when you work with somebody who has so much experience in a field, you know, it's like you're, you're a third class or corporal and you know you're working right next to your first shirt you know who has 20 years in and you know knows so much more than you yeah and like this event worked her or affected her i should say to a point and she's had 20 years in and seen a ton of shit yeah but this event really affected her and you know i just kind of like to tell that story that about what happened yeah it, it blew my mind like I couldn't sleep Sunday, and as long it was as just... No, as long as you don't mention any names. The whole no, 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 thing. no. No names will be mentioned. Yeah. No names. That whole yeah, 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 thing. Yeah. No, no names. It's, it's just purely the tale. Yeah, the tale. We, we will change the names to protect the innocent. Dun, dun. Huh? Wait, what's the, what's the Law and Order theme? Um... I haven't watched it forever, so... I, I try to ignore it sometimes. Yeah, it's hard, though, because right when you hear it... Yeah, well, wife watches uh, SVU. Oh, like, I feel her on that. I got addicted to that for a while. That's actually and not bad. I, for one, I like the earlier ones. My <laughs> favorite was that one tall yeah. dude who uh, quit, um, who he stopped after a while, and he's... Uh, Richard Belzer? The, the guy who's on the uh, TV show Happy... I don't know. Okay. Oh, oh no, no! You're talking about Vincent D'Onofrio, man. Uh, he was, he, he was in that movie Cell with uh, Jennifer Lopez. That's major crimes. That order like criminal intent. Hold on, hold on. Where was just him and that little uh, female partner of his? Hey, hang on! I'm looking it up. SV. Oh, okay. I'm uh, telling you, man. You're talking about Vincent D'Onofrio. Ended up being schizophrenic later in the episodes. No, uh, um, the guy who played Elliot, Christopher uh, Milani. I have no idea who that is. Oh, Elliot. Okay, yeah, I got you. I got yeah, you. I got tall you. Tall dude, chiseled jaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's on yeah, a TV yeah. show, uh, Happy. And if you haven't watched it, man, it's it's he plays a whole new character. I, I love it. It's out there. It's out there, but it is. It draws you in. Good. Happy, happy, happy. I'll have to check that out. Yes, it's uh, uh, Nick Sachs. He awakes on a hospital gurney. He's a hitman. Used to be a cop. All part of the job. What's troubling Sachs isn't his serious injury. It's the seriously perky flying blue horse. That, <laughs> like this is this fucking cartoon horse horse that follows him around everywhere 
That's fucking ridiculous. He, he goes around. Just <laughs> kill, he goes around just killing people. You know, bad guys with a imaginary blue horse <laughs> flying around him. He, he's an alcoholic. Like, I just want to get the. Okay. He's an alcoholic. He's just like fuck the world. Fuck this. It's it's great. I think you will like it. Happy. I'm gonna have to Happy. check it out. Yeah. Give it two episodes. Two episodes. Okay. Yes. I will. I will. One of my uh, friends at work, she recommended watching that show, You, that's on Netflix. It's kind of trippy. About the kind of stalker. Yeah, yeah man. That's... Like, I'm, I'm on episode four. I'm on episode four. And I'm into it. I like it. But like I was telling her, I said, without his narration, there would be so little talking in that friggin' show. Yes. And I'm not big on narration. Like I like the way Dexter did it. Yes. It was just it was in the episodes and you knew it you gave you the insight you needed. But like this is all friggin' episode, man. Yeah, it's it's uh, I think I'll probably watch maybe a couple episodes because the wife watched the first season. I think she's on the second. And it's just I mean, it, it doesn't creep me out, but it's just like you know, I, I don't know what it is. I just I really got turned off by it. I really didn't care for it. What weirded me out about it was, like, I knew guys that, oh, I mean, they weren't that stalkerish. Yeah. But, like, they'd be creeping Facebook accounts, making fake profiles. I'm like, are you serious, man? I, like, I, she she I, just doesn't want to date you. It's that simple. Move on. I haven't exactly stalked people. I, I've more so creeped people out for fun. Well... See, stalking's hard because I can't climb trees like I used to. Like when I was a kid, I could shimmy right up one like a freaking gibbon. Yeah, but you now nowadays, you don't need to. Yeah. That's the thing. It's it's they got it all wrong. You no, don't you, need to climb in a tree. No, now you can just hack into their friggin' house security cameras or their webcams and just sit at your house and eat popcorn naked weird beanbag chair you want to screw you want to really mess with someone finds you know get someone who's on a his bedroom's on a second story and then just take a ladder and just put it so it looks like it goes right to the window don't even need to climb it just put it there and leave <laughs> you are so messed up hey you know i i, I i've i've got a phd you are in so wrong really cool. I'm I'm pretty good. I perfected my. But do you know how expensive creeper. ladders are? I can't just. I know. Yeah. I can't just is. leave a ladder, man. <laughs> like if I found one that fell off a truck, yeah, I'd do that. <laughs> well, that's why you need like a cheap saw or a little hatchet. Go out in the with some nails and a hammer. Just go out in the, in the woods and just make with sticks a makeshift that ladder. Wait, see, that is way too much effort. Well, um, way too much effort. If you if you have someone you don't really like, or you just really you know, or they pissed you off or something, you just really want to mess with them. Yeah, it's worth oh, it. Come that's on. Good. Oh yeah, that, that's good. That's good though. That's you know, good. I gotta write that down. I mean, leaving the whole flaming bag of you know feces by the front door, you know, ringing the doorbell and going, you know, that's like mm. kid stuff. I mean, you really gotta, yeah. you know, I, I I you know I perfected my game <laughs> to to where it's it's. On the level of disturbing, it's like that borderline of, you know, funny, then disturbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. That's impressive. That is impressive. Well, I got all like kinds you, of ideas. Uh, my level of respect for you jumped up like three <laughs> notches right there. That is good. 
I mean, that is some quality Cree shit. Yeah. That, that's better than me making the fake mannequin out of my kid's stuff. Like, I used his helmet, and I have my punching bag in here in, in, in the computer room. And I put like a little light on the side to where it shone and gave a shadow of it. And I had it in front of the window and I had the blinds just tilted enough to where it looked like somebody was standing in front of them looking out. <laughs> I mean, you could do stuff like get like find a, a picture of, you know, somebody like a face, just like, you know, a headshot. And then just take that piece of paper and just, d- just tape it on a window. You know, so like first glance, oh, they think God. it's a hit. <laughs> See, but you gotta be care. You gotta be careful with the tape, man, because that's that's when you if you're doing it on the outside, being creepy looking in, that's when you leave fingerprints. <laughs> oh, that's why you wear you. That's why you use gloves. Same thing with the paper. You don't touch it with your bare skin. Yeah, see, that, man, you are thinking ahead. I like this. Oh yeah, come on, man. But what, what topics creep, did you have? Before, before, yeah, I was going to say, we, let, let's change the, the uh But before the topic, we give too before, many tips out here, let's or, move on, okay? Or, or the FBI comes knocking at my door. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly my neighbors are like, that's why those friggin' pictures are popping up all over the neighborhood. <laughs> oh, this is this is something I really wanted to do to screw, <laughs> to screw up my neighbors. I did want to print up a photo wristwatch hmm. and I wanted to put it on a placard and nail it in my front lawn and have it say neighborhood watch <laughs> <laughs> but the bitch of it is like I can't find a Kinko's <laughs> so I can't get it as big as I want I, I, I thought for a second there you were gonna you know like do the flesh watch no that would have been funny. And then put no, the no. neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what topic did you pull up this week? What did you well pull out of that sewer of a mind you got? <laughs> uh, are you kidding me? The sewer is the high level. Um, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, it it kind of all revolves around this space, the sun, solar system, shit like that. Um, uh-huh. I printed out an article. Ugh. Oh, God. Acid came up. Ooh, wow. Jesus Christ. Oh, coffee and, and Cheerios. That's not bad. Oh, that is disgusting. <laughs> then I could smell it, too. No, I'm just disgusted. You eat Cheerios, you nasty bastard. <laughs> Yeah, I put the milk in first, and then the Cheerios. Oh my God, you're like a demon! I know. What the hell is wrong with you? Well, you remember that picture I put on our Facebook page, right? Or the video? Which one? Yeah, that's the the video I put on how that's I do my the, cereal. The thing with like nine arms? No. Oh no. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, the video, and a couple people commented on that. Yeah, that's disgusting. Nobody does that. Communists do that. I, I do that, but I'm not a communist. But yeah, so if you guys go to on Facebook, go to Shenanigans with Biscuits and Gravy, you'll you'll see our Facebook page. And if Gravy or myself, Biscuits, make a post on there, you'll you'll know which one of us does it because at the bottom we'll put either biscuits or gravy. Yeah, I gotta start doing that. 
Yeah, I, I corrected one of the posts. I edited it and put, put gravy in there for you. Oh, I guess that was the cabbage farts one. Uh, possibly. I don't remember. But uh, I, I have um, an article here I, I printed, and I, I believe I left out the actual link or name of the website. But it's on uh, Solar Flares. So kind of give you guys a kind of basis off that. And then um, another one here, I uh, took little, I took stuff from different websites and, you know, whatever I looked up about the Carrington event of 1859. Very fascinating. Carrington. Yes. If that happened today, people would be hurting. <laughs> Um, and then if I have oh, time, okay. Okay. yeah, and if I have time, I can basic, I can do a little short thing on the CME, which is a, a coronal mass ejection. So this is, um, the sun and earth topics. Yeah. The big fireball in the sky. coronal mass ejection. Yeah. That big fireball so, in the sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. In this watery, earthy, airy ball or flat. Thing, whatever. Ah! Oh, <laughs> oh, you know what? If we ever have that debate, I'm, I'm splicing this clip and I'm just going to keep pushing a fucking button the whole fucking time. <laughs> hey, I, I, I don't believe in the whole flat earth theory. They, there, I have seen some arguments with this actually pretty valid, but you know, I still believe it's a ball. I just like messing with you. Oh, yeah. Oh, let me put my coffee over here. <coughs> oh, man. Oh, hold on. Ah, <coughs> oh, bless you. My, my sinuses has just been bad or crazy. But uh, I, I want to hear this story I, you got about work. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, went in one day this weekend, and we had more nurses than we needed in our unit. So they floated me to another area. It happens all the time in nursing. And uh, it, it, things were, were not going well in the unit before I, you know, we even punched in and started working. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it just kind of progressively got worse from there. Um, we ended up getting, or they, I, I'm not going to say we, unit ended up getting, when I, when if I say we, I mean our, my unit I work in. Yeah. Uh, ended up getting a patient in cardiogenic shock. Uh, if you don't know what cardiogenic shock is, uh, basically your heart is not pumping correctly at all. Uh, you have pulmonary edema, which is causing an excess of third spacing of fluid and giving you crackles in your lungs, which is an excess of water in there. But you also have on the flip side, low blood pressure. And normally how you treat pulmonary edema or excess of fluid is you give something that will help lower the blood pressure because usually they have high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and usually if somebody has low blood pressure, you give fluids or vasopressors to help bring up blood pressure. So it's, it's, it's a, a kind of catch 22 to treat the problem. You know, you have to treat one and treat the other. Uh, anyway, uh, I went back to, after I got a moment from the place I was at I went back and asked if they needed help and my partner who's been my partner now I want to say for the last three years uh, 
was back there and she said, no, I'm good now, but you know, if I call, come run. And I said, absolutely. So, uh, went back out working and then a code blue came over head. So I didn't, I don't even think I yell. If I did yell at somebody, all I yelled was I'm going and <clears throat> ran back there, beat the doctors back there. <laughs> and the lady was not doing well. <clears throat> Uh, her breathing was pretty ragged and agonal. Uh, heart rate was dropping on us. And did uh, code procedures. And we worked that lady for an, over an hour, I want to say. Hmm. Uh, back at least six or seven times and lost her uh, just one more time than we got her back. And, dude, I'll tell you, uh, I did CPR so much. And, you know, I'm a little dude. Yeah. I, I'm not little. Like, you know, I'm like five. Real I'm, I'm CPR five, seven, is, five, eight. Uh, is uh, that's uh, very tiring. It's, a, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. That's why you change out every two minutes. But, uh, like, you know, I'm, I'm like five, seven, five, eight. I weigh about 170 and not a lot of this is muscle, okay? <laughs> like, there's a lot of beer and pizza happening in this 170 that you see before you i wear baggy clothes so i wear it well <laughs> there's some serious nacho shit happening here <laughs> so uh like it got to the point where i was getting so exhausted like we had four different people rotating cpr like even having to change more frequently than every two minutes than we wanted to um but we we ended up uh losing this lady and, uh, it, you know, I, I, I left the room and, uh, went down and I was walking past family and, you know, they were kind of looking at me and I, I told them what happened and the situation that it was and, you know, how the lady which cried a little and then went on, finished, uh, <clears throat> my time, you know, had a little moment, but then got back to work like we do. Yeah. And work the rest of the shift. And, you know, I, I couldn't sleep well the next day. I never do after something like that. I never sleep good. It's uh, it's just one of those things. I don't know. It, it turns over in your mind. Anything. What could I have done better? What could I have been faster? What could I have seen? You know, and that's that's one of the cruxes of being a nurse is that you're in situations like that, I think. And, uh, um, <clears throat> Me and my partner were uh, discussing it last night, and uh, she's she's uh, an army veteran, cool as cucumber. Like if I ever don't know, I look to her, and I agitate her constantly, and I'm always on her last nerve. And I love her to death. She is like I couldn't imagine going to work if she wasn't there. Mm. Honestly, my my whole hospital would be less of a place if she was not there. And uh, so we were just talking about, it and she said it had it had really affected her. And she's got twenty years experience, man. Yeah. Like, and and saying that this was, a, you know, a first time event, and it was, you know, very emotional, and it, it, like, it hit me in a way that that was so intense at that moment. You know, I don't even know how to describe it. It's you know one of those what do alcoholics call them? moments of clarity. Yeah. You know, where, I don't know, lately in my job, I've been feeling kind of, uh, I don't know, depressed about it. Hmm. Not, you know, 
you know, call it, I guess what you say is you can't call it in as a nurse, but you just kind of go through the motions and you're not feeling invested like you should. And you're trying to get reconnected with the emotions and stuff. And uh, after me and her <clears throat> talked about it last night, I tell you, man, like it reconnected me so much with my job. Mm. It, it just pulled me right back into, you know, why the hell I go in and do this and why you know, I know a lot of nurses, you know, are a lot of nurses are like this, but a lot of them aren't. Some of them, it's just a paycheck. You know, it's just a job you do. Mm-hmm. But I always love doing that job. I absolutely, I like, you know, despite the fact that I hate most people, I like most of my patients. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are very few patients I don't like. If you're a family member of patient, chances are, yes, I dislike you. That's just the way it is. You, you know, annoy me. Some way, some form. You know, and I, I, I can kind of see that even though me not being in that field or profession, you know, but it's, it's just the fact that, you know, on, on, the, on the basis of just helping people, and I've noticed uh, over the years that a lot more, that more and more veterans are, when they get out, they pick a field, you know, or do something where it's actually, that, that helps people. Not just yeah. a, a job or something. But a, actually, a service, a service profession. Yes, or, yeah. vo- or even voluntary or whatever. And it's there. There is something deep down about it that you know. Even yeah. there are the, the pains and sadnesses that come with it. Um, like I used to do. Uh, I used to talk to people like suicide. Uh, uh, like a suicide first responder of sorts. I got my. Um, Suffered, I have a couple different certificates for it, um, and I, you know, I, I, I enjoyed doing that, but I didn't. I think that one I had stopped for a while. I haven't gotten back into doing that again. If I have to, yeah, but I prefer not to. It's just, but I like helping people, you know. Yeah. And you know, that's you too. You got out, and you just you, you were you went from motorcycles getting a degree you know getting your certificate to work on bmws and harleys and here you are a nurse you know you're in a profession you know not just a career an actual profession and that focus on helping people and it's it's just it kind of says something about a person's character you know yeah and you, you can see it you know the people they're in there for the paycheck you know people that aren't they yeah. want to help people you you, you see it and it's it's that, a it is satisfying when you're able to help someone, even though some you can't. Oh yeah. There's just the fact that you know we did our best. You know this is a learning thing. We can you know use this. We're, I'm gonna help more people. Yeah, I mean it's it is like you know I think a lot of people want into it for because they see the I don't know you don't see the fact that you're gonna have your whole fist up somebody's rectum one day disimpacting them. You know that, that's not the glory side of it. You know, when you see the videos of the girl who comes back to visit the nurse and she's walking, yeah, man, that's the huge upside. Like, but those are the swings. And I, I think it's hard for a lot of people to handle those swings. Mm-hmm. I think veterans tend to handle those swings better because they're used to them and they're used to them pretty consistently. Yeah. Like shit going from great to crap to great to crap. You know, we, we kind of got that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it was just, it it was very emotional. It's still affecting me. I'm still actually, from Saturday night, I'm still actually very sore. 
Uh, can't move my arms and shoulders a lot. So I'm going to lay on the heating pad tonight. But, yeah, man, it's uh, it, w- it was a weekend. But I'd say I work, at, you know, the people who, if they listen, I don't know if she will or, you know, I know a few of my coworkers do. Yeah. But, uh, you know, she knows who she is and she is just so tremendous. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, that, that's, that's a good story. Even though it's the end, how it came out, it's still, you know, and I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that because people kind of see, you know, a little more on the other side of being in a hospital. Yeah, you know, I mean, if if you've been a nurse, chances are, well, unless you're a very young nurse, you've been a patient. Yeah. And you know how bad it sucks on that other side. And if you can just try and make it a little easier for everybody, like I always say, I had one lady, I went into a room, and she laughed when I was doing something, and I was like, what? And she goes, you just seem so happy. I said, you're in a hospital, and you're sick. I said, the least I can do is come in in a good mood. <laughs> like, you want me to come in here all pissy? I was like, then we're both mad, and then it just feeds off each other, and that's no fun. <coughs> uh, it's like, but I got you smiling because I'm smiling, and, you know, you just pick the whole mood up. Yeah. You know, I hate to – even if my uh, – sometimes my, <laughs> my nursing is shit, I like to think sometimes my attitude is really on point. <laughs> you know, like, you know. At least I can make you smile that night. You know, sorry, sorry, your heart rate's no better, but didn't we laugh a lot? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. I just don't know. It's both mentally and spiritually kind of healing, you know? Yes. These last couple days have been, you know, it broke me down and kind of built me right back up. Yeah, and, and that, that, you know, as much as that people have never been through something to where, you know, you, you're broken and you have to, you go through the lowest low and you come back up. It's mm. a rewarding you know, experience from it. And and I was on kind of the periphery of it. Yeah. You know, this for me was just off my emotions for my coworker. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was secondary in this. And it still affected me that heavily. Yeah. And that is one of the reasons why I hope more people who have that kind of compassionate love come into our field. You know, because we definitely they always need more of that. And there's a huge nursing shortage too. So. Yes. Yes, there is. You should get your degree. That would be awesome. We'd work together. All right. You'd have to move out here. I, I, I don't think that uh, we're, we'd be moving. I love Tripler. Beautiful hospital. Perfect. Work at the VA side. Okay. <laughs> you, you get your damn nursing degree, dude. I'll move the family there. <laughs> you, you heard that. Uh, you, you heard that, Miss Gravy. Um, she uh, if she listens tomorrow at work, which God, I hope she doesn't. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you get your damn nursing degree, dude. I'll move the family out there. We'll we'll have our own free clinic. We'll go downtown Waikiki, take care of the homeless and stuff. Oh fuck yeah! Yep, that'd be awesome. Oh, that would be good. Damn, that's a good idea. Yeah, there's a lot. Cause you have start houseless non- and homeless. Yeah, start a nonprofit, man. Yeah, cause you can go out to that uh, big tent city. Where is it out? Is it like uh, Holly Eva or Eva? 
No, well, I mean, there's stuff like that everywhere, but there's an actual organized, uh, um, I, I don't know the Hawaiian name for it, but uh, it's over by the Waianae Boat Harbor. Oh, okay. And uh, uh, Twinkle is a lady's name. Like uh, a little over a decade ago, you know, she went there and it was just, it was crap. Trash around, people just not taking care of whatever. So she got them together. She set up a set of rules. Nice. Like um, quiet time, 8 o'clock at night, quiet time. You know, everybody has their specific area. They've actually cleaned up. They even have, like, makeshift gym. They've got, you know, gardens. And it's, you know, a lot of them consider themselves houseless, not homeless. Yeah, yeah, because, absolutely, absolutely. You know, they're getting by. It's just they can't afford because in Hawaii it is so expensive. But, yeah. um, you know, and they have jobs and everything. And they even have, uh, for children, they have, like, a homeschooling that will be there. Um, no kidding. Yeah, they have. Um, oh. And she's gotten, she's done very well with this. And uh, the, the the state was trying to kick them out, and the community got together to fight back. And, Good for uh, them, man. She's like, yeah, yeah. She's she's done a lot for the local community and all. So uh, Twinkle. Twinkle, yes. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. I, that I'm is gonna fantastic. I'm going to have to go the, the website they have or whatever. Um, they, they do a lot of volunteer stuff. Matter of fact, each member in that little thing, they're they're required to do a certain amount of hours each month, like two to four or even eight hours or something a month for volunteer service. Every Sunday wow. is cleanup day. Yeah, they have to clean up all around the whole camp every Sunday. So, yeah, it's, it's organized. It's like its own small little village. It's anarchy but controlled anarchy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... The, the state here, I mean, we. this is the most corrupt state in the country, I personally believe, you know, and, but, uh, you want me to, uh, talk about, you know, because I have three different topics, you, the Carrington event, coronal mass ejections, and solar flares. The Carrington event, I know that's, that's clicking something in the back of my head, but it's just not knocking the idea out that I can remember what it is. Well, I have the solar flares. I would go. I can go over this first. That one article that I printed out. Sure. And then I can go over the Carrington event because the solar thing is going to speak on it on a lighter note. And then I can go in a little more detail from information I grabbed from different websites. And oh, after that, I can do a brief description of uh, coronal mass ejections. That uh, still sounds like something you'd find on a porn website. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh wow yeah yeah it kind of does I didn't think about it until now nice going baby whoever wrote that name just was some nerd locked in a room <laughs> Pornhub playing in the background constant probably some hentai <laughs> You know how many nerds I know? Like their porn they watch is like it's that cartoon, cartoon porn. Oh, it's always that weird anime stuff. Yeah, it's called hentai. Yeah, that's weird stuff. Yeah, there I've seen some of it. It's pretty gnarly stuff. It's uh, oh yeah, they they go out there. Yeah, they go out there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, let, let's but do this little getting getting off the animated pornography. <laughs> <laughs> How we go from like solar shit to 
animated porn. <laughs> because that's how our minds work. Yep. <laughs> Welcome to Biscuits and Gravy Shenanigans. This is our world. <laughs> oh, man. Hopefully I can hold my poop. I don't want to. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, this this one, Solar Flares, like I said, this, is, this was an article I printed out. So that none of this is anything that I did. I just printed this out. Okay. Um, every so often, a uh, small region of the sun erupts in a flash of radiation and uh, energetic particles. We call these eruptions solar flares. The main driving force behind solar flares is the energy contained in the sun's magnetic field. Uh, like an elastic band, the uh, magnetic field stores energy when it is twisted. Um, on the sun, the motions of the solar surface from which the field emanates does the... It, it basically... Uh, did I just read half of one sentence and then start off? It sounded like it did. Yeah, let's just go out here. Um Now I lost did you lose your place? place. Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, small print here. Sorry, folks. I'm uh. Get I the magnifying a, glass. My eyes happen to wander sometimes. I get little twitches. Um, like an elastic band, magnetic field stores energy when it is twisted. Uh, on the sun, the motions of the solar surface from which the field emanates uh, does the twisting. Mm -hmm. uh, this stores energy in the field. Or, or elastic band in the form of additional tension and pressure a solar flare occurs because the magnetic field can only store a limited amount of energy when the energy in the uh, field gets too large it's suddenly released into the solar atmosphere uh, try twisting an elastic band as much as you can what eventually happens breaks yeah now um radiation is emitted across virtually the entire electromagnetic spectrum from radio waves through optical emissions to X-rays and gamma rays. The amount of energy released is the equivalent of millions of 100 megaton hydrogen bombs exploding at the same time. Wait, Jesus. Oh, yeah. The first solar flare ever recorded was by two amateur astronomers in England on September 1st, 1859. That was by Richard Carrington and Richard Hodgson. Uh, they're okay. independent observe, uh, independently observing sunspots when remarkable and unexpected phenomenon occurred. Um, I'll read this part in the next one. Uh, Carrington's okay. flare was a rare type of flare known as white light fire uh, because it produced a dramatic enhancement in optical emission, which requires an extremely large event. A more modern observation of such a flare yields images like, um, yeah, this one taken by whatever, which uh, you guys can't see. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> the energy released in a flare is 10 million times greater than the energy released from a vol volcanic explosion. 10 million. Damn. That's fucking impressive. Um, yet it is less than one-tenth of the total energy emitted by the sun every second. <laughs> <Damn. Wow. laughs> uh, in addition to the radiation, elect, uh, in addition to the radiation, electrons, protons, and heavy atomic nuclei are ejected with very large velocities. These charged particles can play havoc with the magnetic field around the Earth, leading to satellite disruptions, enhanced aurora, and perhaps even powder outages. 
Um, the intense radiation from a solar flare travels to Earth in uh, eight minutes. Um, as a result, the Earth's mm -hmm. upper atmosphere becomes more ionized and expands. Long-distance radio signals can okay. be disrupted by the resulting change in the Earth's ionosphere. A satellite's mm -hmm. orbit around the Earth can be disturbed by the enhanced drag on the satellite from expanded atmosphere. Uh, satellite's electronic components will be damaged. Uh, energetic particles from solar flares can on occasion reach the Earth and be uh, particularly dangerous to astronauts and to electrical instruments in space. Uh, so it works, it works like a giant EMP, right? Yeah, I mean, but a lot does a lot more. Like that's what that's what I seem to be getting here. Yeah. Okay, okay. In this way, solar flares can be similar in effect to coronal mass ejections, which are regarded as being the primary source of disturbances on Earth. Um, solar flares are generally associated with regions of strong magnetic fields and occur uh, predominantly near sunspots and active regions. During a solar flare, the corona can increase the temperature from a few million degrees uh, to over 20 million degrees and sometimes as high as 100 million degrees. Wow. A solar flare can be sufficiently strong that it disrupts the magnetic field of the surrounding activity regions, setting up uh, oscillations in neighboring loops. These... Uh, Dynamical sig uh, signatures help scientists determine the physics of what is going on during a solar flare. Uh, the frequency of flares coincides with the sun's 11-year cycle. Uh, when the solar cycle is at a minimum, which is coming up, uh, active mm -hmm. regions are small and rare and few solar flares are detected. This increase in number as the sun approaches the maximum part of its cycle. The sun recently passed the maximum phase of the most recent cycle, which showed a double peak in July 2000 and September 2001. And if people remember, around that time, people were like, oh, global warming, global warming. I'm not saying global change. Listen, folks, global change is a constant, okay? You know, you know, global change, okay? That's a constant. It's always changing, okay? You have global warming and global cooling, Okay. And it's, it's, we can't do enough. It's that sun, that giant fireball does more and than we ever will. I'll get onto that another day. Um, anyways. We're not it. saying we don't help it, but shit. I, mean, I actually read an article and I wish I, I had, I, I, I did my weekly purge of my history and cookies to clean, keep it clean, my computer. And I accidentally erased the website because it was talking about it actually had a scientific data that actually went against how the CO2 and, you know, the CO that we produce is actually nothing, you know, that actually has nothing to do with any change. And it's not affecting us at all. And I don't, it was very interesting. I have, Despite all scientific evidence to the contrary. Yeah, it, it's actually kind of new because... I mean, if people like, for instance, these solar flares, these uh, um, these solar eleven-year cycles, we're learning more. Like more shit came out, la like new shit came out last year, mm -hmm. two thousand eighteen. Well, I tell you, we're Brian, finding shit that's Brian, changing what we originally thought. So yeah, if the astrophysicists like you know uh, Brian Cox or Neil deGrasse Tyson come out and back this, I will totally back it. Yeah, and that's because you got to put it in the hands of experts that know more than you. You do. Yeah, 
I mean, and the thing is, there are scientists out there that they, a lot of them, they have a tendency to, you know, disagree because you have, I would say, they, and it's oh, like, absolutely. no, this is bullshit. Oh, no, this is, we have this data. Well, you know what? Our data says you're wrong. And it's just, and that's, it's true. That's the whole point of science. It's trivial. Is to because, argue. Yeah. And it, the thing is, what you need to do is, the only way to get any change or to get the big names to be like, okay, yeah, sign off on it, is you have to really keep pushing and keep pushing and sometimes you may actually have evidence of something that that what we thought previously is actually wrong but we still go with what's wrong because it's a matter of dudes well, that disagree with each other whether or not galileo, the data is actually there look at galileo copernicus i mean these are all people persecuted for having a different belief than the social norm exactly i'm not saying our beliefs you know our beliefs now are wrong that whatever but I'm just saying these were people persecuted for not believing the norm at the time. Yeah, and we have a we have a society. A majority of our scientists, you know, are in in that you know scientific social norm, you know. So there are quite a few, and I, I've been doing readings of this of like I'm hearing about one scientist being ostracized for finding something and whatever, you know, another scientist. And it's, it's like kids arguing basically. And it's, it's stupid. Well, yeah. And, and you hope that they're not corrupting their own research data I, I, and then reporting false results, you know, and I think because that everyone's doing it for gain, yeah. you know, that's what, you know, it's a profession. So of course you're doing it for gain for notoriety. The more names on the paper, the more money you may get for grants, the more crap you get to do. I do think so, that uh, that false thing, whatever it is, I do think that does happen at times. Oh God, it has to, man. It has to. It. I'm sorry. Science is not the only uncorruptible profession. Yeah. I refuse to believe that. Why do you think big pharmacy exists? And I'm sorry, it does. Yeah. But science is completely corruptible, if you can find a way to corrupt it in your favor. And somebody has, and somebody's done it. Yeah. Oh. Was that your dog? Yeah. Or was that your gut? No, that was my, my little dog, Boba. You heard that? Uh, yeah, I'm just happy it was your dog and not your stomach. I was like, dude, what the frig is wrong with you? She's you eat. Oh, she, oh, She's so on the upper side of the bed. She's curled up, passed out cold. She's snoring. She's doing her little twitching. And then Moose is at the bottom of the bed staring at the door because I've got it closed. And <laughs> because I called talk, they just said his name. He's doing his little stretch and he's going to start walking on my papers. I just printed. Dad. Dad. <laughs> he's like, a, he's a dupist. You know, I don't know how many times we've had a sliding glass door closed and he's ran straight into it. And you're here like, thump. <laughs> Dude, there is nothing cuter than a dumbass dog. Like I'm smart, smart dogs are fun. Like my sister has a dog can do the whole I love you thing. Like he's very smart, but I'm sorry, a dumb dog that like trips over himself, falls over, whacks into something. You're like, fuck, I love that animal. <laughs> There's something so endearing about something stupid. Okay. You, uh, let me get into Carrington event of 1859. Yes. yes. This one fascinates me and it also scares the shit out of me. Because if this happened today, we're fucked. Um, okay. We would go back to the, the 1800s, just like that. Um, on the morning of September 1st, 1859, 
amateur astronomer Richard Carrington ascended into his private observatory attached to his country estate outside of London. After cranking open the dome shutter to reveal the clear blue sky, he pointed his brass telescope towards the sun and began to sketch a cluster of enormous dark spots that freckled its surface. Suddenly, Carrington spotted what he described as two patches of an um, intensely bright and white light <coughs> erupting from the nice. sunspots. Five minutes uh -huh. later, the fireballs vanished, but within hours, their impact would be felt across the globe. A massive solar flare with the energy of 10 billion atomic bombs. Jesus. The Jesus. Yeah. The flare wow. spewed electrified gas and subatomic particles toward Earth, and the resulting geomatic storm dubbed the Carrington event was the largest on record to have struck the planet. Now, <laughs> what to kind of put this in perspective, these little blasts happen often, and there's even some that have been, there was one recorded in 2012 that was bigger, but the thing was, it wasn't in our direction. Yeah, people that's need the to, whole thing. It's people not need to realize at us. it's a ball, and we're on one side. That flare has to actually match where we are. So, it, it's it's uh, why am I doing the twitching again? Fuck. Um, where are you twitching at? Where are you twitching? No, it's like my my neck or shoulder. I'm not sure what it is. My head jerks to the left. My right shoulder jerks up, and my left shoulder jerks down. Mm. Weird. Yeah, I don't know why. It's like that, like like Michael Jackson in Thriller when he's going sideways as a zombie, like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> this uh, geomatic storm was during the si the solar cycle ten, which was between 1855 and 1867. Now, when I say cycle ten, folks, it's because every uh, uh, it's like every so many years you have different cycles. Or the each cycle mm -hmm. is 11 years. This was solar cycle 10. We're currently in 12. Uh, we either just finished 12 and we're in a 25 or we're beginning to finish 24. I don't remember. It's not an exact date. It's kind of a time frame. Um, okay. Okay. More like on a broadle, like a year. So, so, it, so it's maybe like how these cycles move and these yes. cycles aren't really on a time schedule. It's just how they move. Yeah, there's a warming there. and cooling, a, yes. a flashing and waning. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. and um, there's been different, um, and the thing is with these solar maximum is when the warming is, and okay. that's when you have a lot of sunspots. You have a lot of activity on the sun. This uh, the solar minimum is when it's you know there's little activity, less sunspots, less flares, and the thing is, we're coming into 25, which is the the last time it was this cold, it was like 400 years ago. And I think we're actually going to be projected to be colder than it was then. Like, this is, like, um, studies that have come out, and it's like, this is the one where there was some we're of it. We're going to win so much. Hold on. We're going to win at every level. Oh, I'm sorry. This is my phone. doesn't really go with the talk. Yeah, that's... uh. At nice. least next time, change it to like... Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Alright. That was my... So we're coming up to a solar minimum. Yeah, and this one's actually projected from, you know... 
to be one of the coldest in hundreds and hundreds of years. To the last time, the mini ice age, as they called it, that was about four or five hundred years ago, you know, where people in some parts of the world, they had frost every morning of every day of the whole year. You know, like, and this is supposed to be colder. Wow. So, I mean, you're talking snow to ice. And here's the thing is um, another thing, and I mentioned this, I think it was one or two podcasts ago about the grand solar minimum. Yes, well, you did. That's yes, what you did. this it's is. Good talk. It's going to be a grand solar minimum or as what's been projected, a super grand solar minimum because it's going to be affecting us so bad to where uh, the, sol- the sun is not, because it's ta- basically taking a nap. Like literally, mm-hmm. it's just taking a nap. So its magnetic field is actually, it's not completely Build. going away, but it's like damn near close. So and people need to realize that its magnetic field actually uh, protects. Not only does it, you know, depending on the severity of a, a global max or a, a, a solar maximum, you know, it'll affect our earth and like the warm way or whatever. It can do damage to us, but it protects us because its magnetic field protects us from uh, cosmic, you know, radiation. Storms. Yeah. Well, another thing, other cosmic storms. So um, it's not going to be able to protect us. So these, um, and that's a big thing that saves our ass. And this one, the magnetic field is going to drop so low. Like I said, it's going to drop lower than it, like it did four or five hundred years ago. And it's, it's scary. And to the point to where um, people don't realize that earthquakes and um, Volcanoes are actually, uh, you can actually sequence them by the activity what the sun's doing. You can estimate. When I remember. I remember you showed that you you sent me that graph. Yes. With volcanic eruptions and stuff, that was really interesting. And it, we we've only been getting into this for like the last couple of decades. Like this is still new stuff, you know. Well, because I mean, did we really even have the technology to research it before? No. I mean, honestly, so now we, we have technology. Even, or we didn't even know, you know, how to yeah, do it. Yeah, or, or how to, you know, say, yeah, okay, well, if the moon affects the tides, wouldn't it be unpresumptuous to assume that the sun affects the planet also in other ways? Yeah, well, I mean, I, the whole, that whole, as far as who, when, time, I don't know. I'm going off, like, you know, what we have, that, you know, yes, we do, it is new. You know, not new as and just found out a week ago, but new as in the last few years, we're learning even more than we did, you know, 10 years ago. Oh, so it's it's very surprising and it's very fascinating. Um, now, um, I, let's see here. Where did it go? If a solar storm, such as this, uh, the Carrington event, if it happened to... Uh, if a storm of that magnitude occurred today, it would cause widespread electrical disruptions, blackouts, and damage due to extended outages of the electrical grid. Basically, if you had a Carrington event today, nobody on this planet would have electricity. Wow. Wow. Um, the solar storm of 2012 was similar magnitude, but it passed Earth's orbit without striking the planet, missing it by nine days. Oh my God. Yeah. From August 28th to September 2nd of 1859, many sunspots appeared on the sun. On August 29th, uh, southern auroras were observed as far north as Queensland, Australia. Wow. 
That is fucking. That's fun. You, do you real? I mean, people in Aurora, okay? North Pole, South Pole. It was what a few years ago that yeah. like it was just like what one or two years ago that um, the auroras were so great that it was you could see it up in what like Montana shit. Like oh that. yeah, yeah. I mean, they were shot way down. Yeah. Well, you'll you'll see here's just how far close to the equator it went. Um, not then recently, but the one in Carrington of it. Um, just before noon on September 1st, the English amateur astronomers, uh, yeah, I just did that. Um, they both <clears throat> compiled, the two scientists, or astro- uh, astronaut, or not astronauts, astronomers, they compiled independent reports which were published side by side in the monthly notices of the Royal Astronomical Society and exhibited their drawings of the event uh, at the November 1859 meeting of the World Astronom- Astronomical Society. The flare was associated with a major coronal mass ejection that traveled directly toward Earth, taking 17.6 hours to make the 150 million kilometers, that's 93 million miles, journey. 17 hours, 93 million miles. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is believed that that relatively high speed of the CME was made possible by a prior CME, uh, perhaps the cause of the large aura event of August 29, that cleared the way of ambient solar wind plasma for the Carrington event. So basically, we had one that um, it, a, a solar flare or whatever that came out, and it pretty much caused a sucking infection once the, the giant CME came. Mm-hmm. And it just sped up. That's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it is. Um, because of a geomagnetic solar flare uh, effect observed in the Key Observatory, the magnetometer uh, recorded by Scottish physicist uh, Balfour Stewart and a genetic storm observed the following day. Uh, Carrington suspected a solar terrestrial connection. Uh. So people were like, you know, they, they, they were like, what's going on? Whatever, you know, we're, we're seeing this stuff. Uh, worldwide, mm-hmm. and it's the largest coronal mass ejection to hit the Earth as far as recorded time. Now, worldwide reports on the effects of the ge- geomagnetic storm of 1859 were compiled and published by an American mathematician, uh, Elias Loomis, which support the observations of the Carrington, of Carrington and Stewart. Now, the auras were seen around the world. This is how this is how far they were seen. The Caribbean, the Rockies, South Central Mexico, Queensland, Cuba, Hawaii, Japan, China, Colombia. Wow! Like, okay, and that's phenomenal. I mean, that's that's yeah, that's scary. Is that that's damn. Um, give me just a moment. I I need to. Hold on, folks. We'll be right back. Okay, folks, sorry about that. Had to do something real quick. But, um, like I said, the, uh, the roars, auroras, 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 yay, boy. Um, <laughs> they were seen, the auroras. Yes. I mean, Caribbean, the Rockies, South Central Mexico, Queensland, Cuba, Hawaii, Japan, China, Colombia. Wow. Places you're not supposed to see them. What? Well, Correct me if I'm wrong, but don't you have the Aurora Borealis, and then the isn't there an Aust, Aust, like an Australia Borealis too? It, there's a north one and a south one, North Pole, South Pole. Yeah, two, two different names, I believe. I'm not positive. Those are the only ones that I know of. 
and it, it, they're there because of how like are the Earth's magnetic field, you know, the, the shape and how it works. Of course, of course. Too much science for me right now. I, I don't have that all. I'll have to get, maybe get in that eventually. Um, now get this. The telegraph systems all over Europe and North America failed, in some cases giving telegraph operators electric shocks. Telegraph pylons threw sparks and some would catch a blaze. Uh, some telegraph operators would could continue to see and receive messages despite having disconnected their power supply. That is an amazing amount of power and paper. just surging around the planet. Any paper, any you know, papers or anything flammable that was near the 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 telegraph uh, machine would catch blaze. Oh God, this whole world would burn down. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean that's and think of 1859. What do we have electric electrical wise? You know what? I mean telephones. Your telegraphs. Well, I I'm yeah, pretty I sure mean, very I mean, few yeah. people had telephones. I don't even think we had telephones. I don't even think we did either. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much, uh, I believe the only thing that we had was uh, telegraphs, and that's through. And they go through this in the history wise, you know, because obviously that would have to be it. Otherwise, they probably mention it. But pretty much. I mean, anything electrical at that time, which this, whatever, was fried. You know. Damn. I'm, I'm not going to say fried. Now, granted, the uh, the uh, the pylons, um, those didn't need to get fixed. Um, and the actual machine for the uh, telegraph, um, those things are pretty, you know, sturdy. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it was just the wires or whatever that they had to replace. I mean, it, it took them a bit. They were, managed to fix some of it. Not all of them came back in time. You know, some of them you know, managed, some stuff managed to get fixed within a matter of a day or so or, you know, so much time. Well, Other ones and I'm sure the wires replaced. weren't well insulated and shit either back then. I th Actually, I think, believe some of them were. Really? They were, yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to look that up now. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely. I mean, it's... But, I mean, this is just an example of how powerful this coronal mass ejection was. Or CME. I mean, we'd be fucked if one hit us today. Um, now, oh, my God, yeah. We'd, go, we'd be back in the friggin' Stone Age. Oh, yeah. Um, on Saturday, September 3rd, 1859, the Baltimore American and Commercial Ad, uh, Advertiser reported... Um, those who happened to be out late on Thursday night had an opportunity of witnessing another magnificent display of the world lights. The phenomenon was very similar to the display on Sunday night, though at times the light was, uh, if possible, more brilliant and the um, prismatic hues more varied and gorgeous. The light appeared to cover the whole firmament, uh, apparently like a luminous cloud, through which the stars of the larger magnitude instantly shone. The light was greater than that of the moon itself, um, and had an indescribable softness and delicacy that seemed to envelop everything upon which it rested. Between 12 o'clock and 1 o'clock, when the display was at its full brilliancy, the quiet streets of the city resting under the strange light presented a beautiful as well as singular appearance. Now that was the part they put out. Here's the thing, and this is, this is more, this will fascinate you. Mountains in the U.S. were so bright that the glow woke gold miners who began preparing breakfast because they thought it was the morning. People in the northeastern United Jeez. States could read a newspaper because the war lights were that bright. You're talking midnight to one in the morning when it was the fullest. 
damn. And they thought it was daytime. Yeah. Like, that is intense. Yeah. Imagine how how strong that radiation has to be or that, you know, those free-flowing protons going through our atmosphere have to be. How many? Yeah. To give you that much light. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's, it's, it's fascinating as it is. It scares the shit out of me. Um... According to a 2008 report from the National Academy of Sciences, it could cause extensive social and economical, uh, economical disruptions due to its impact of power grids, satellite communications, and GPS systems. The potential price tag would be between $1 trillion and $2 trillion. Oh my god. NASA rates solar flares according to their strengths from weakness to strongest, and they are given an A, B, C, M, or X rating. That's Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Mike, X-Ray. Each rating is 10 times stronger than the previous one. Damn. Uh, So so each one is 10 times stronger. Yeah. That's the best we could do. (laughs) Like we couldn't go up incrementally slightly. Like, yeah. It's like DEFCONs, man. We're going five to one. That's it. (laughs) Um, Let's see here. Here's another, uh, uh, see, the expert. This description of a singular appearance seen on the sun of September 1st, 1859. Um, this is by Richard C. Carrington. This is what he wrote. Um, and it's he. It's in the monthly notices of the Royal Astronomical Society, Volume 20, uh, number 13 through 15 in 1860. Um, okay. And here, here's what he writes. While engaged in the forenoon of Thursday, September 1st, in taking my customary observation of the forms and positions of the solar spots, an appearance was witnessed which I believed to be exceedingly rare. The image of the sun's disk was, as usual with me, projected onto a plate of glass coated with uh, distemper of pale straw color and at a distance and under a power which presented a picture of about 11 inches in diameter. I had secured digress of all the groups and detached spots and was engaged at the time in counting from the chronometer and recording the contacts of the spots with the uh, cross wires used in the observation. When there in the area of the Great North Group, the size which had previously excited great remark, two patches of intensely bright and white light broke out. And the positions indicated, uh, my first impression was that by some chance a ray of light had penetrated a hole in a screen attached to the object glass, for the brilliancy was fully equal to that of direct sunlight. Oh my God! But at once, Jesus. yeah. But at once, interrupting the current observation and causing the image to move, I saw I was unprepared witness. I I, I was an unprepared witness of a very different affair. I therefore noted down the time by the chronometer and seeing the outburst to be very rapidly on the in, on the increase and being somewhat flurried by the surprise. I hastily ran to call someone to witness the exhibition with me and on returning within 60 seconds was mortified to find that it was already much changed and enfeebled. Very shortly afterwards, the last trace was gone. In the lapse of five minutes, the two patches of light traversed a space of about 35,000 miles. Jesus. And then, you know, 17-something hours later, you know, whoosh. All right. God. Here's, I mean, that is so friggin' frightening. Yeah. It Honestly, is. like, you know, 
that's worse to me than thinking about the damn Yellowstone volcano. Oh yeah. Um, let's see here. Damn. Coronal mass ejections <laughs> are really. Dude, your cat sounds weird. That was the dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay, give me ten seconds. I'm, I'm gonna let them out. Uh, entertain All the right. people. I'm just going to sit here and pet my cat. You guys can do whatever the hell you want. Go, go, go. That's not a euphemism either. I'm just going to pet my cat. Hang on, I'm going to sip a beer or two. Okay, I, I, I am buck. Oh, okay. All right. All right, where was I? What did you I were letting your dogs out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> let the dogs out. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, ooh. Dude, I can tell. Oh my God! Here, let me tell you about that. Since we brought that up, I remember them playing that song. We were in Malta during uh, Christmas to New Year's, and if you've never been to Malta, it's a beautiful island. It's fantastic. It's a lot of shop and drink, and it's beautiful. But damn, every night in the clubs, they played that shit nonstop. Oh uh, yeah, it's uh... after two days shore leave, I was done for two weeks. <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm just going to stay on the fucking boat. Somebody get me Burger King. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll do a coronal mass ejection. Um, I uh, copied something here from a website, and, of course, like, majority of the time, I uh, don't write down what website it was. Um, coronal mass ejection, or also known as the CME, are large expulsions of plasma and, and uh, magnetic field from the sun's corona. They can eject billions of tons of coronal material and carry an embedded magnetic field frozen in flux that is stronger than the background solar wind interplanetary magnetic field strength. CMEs travel outward from the sun at speeds ranging from slower than 250 kilometers per second and as fast as near 3,000 kilometers per second. The fast Earth-directed CMEs can reach our planet in as little as 15 to 18 hours. Slower CMEs can travel several days to arrive. They expand in size as they propagate away from the sun and larger CMEs, which can reach size comparatively near a quarter of the space between Earth and the sun by the time it reaches our planet. Hmm. More explosive CMEs generally begin when high, highly twisted magnetic field structures, or as they note, flux ropes, or they contain in the sun's lower uh, corona become too stressed and realign into a less tense configuration, a process called magnetic reconnection. Hmm. Um, this can result in the sudden release of electromagnetic energy in the form of a solar flare, which typically accompanies the explosive acceleration of plasma away from the sun, the CME. These types of CMEs usually take place from areas of the sun with localized fields of strong and stressed magnetic flux, such as active regions associated with sunspot groups. CMEs can also occur from locations where relatively cool and denser plasma is trapped and suspended by magnetic flux extended up to the inner core. Um, filaments and uh, prominences. Uh, when the flux ropes reconfigure, the denser filament of prominences can collapse back to the solar surface and be quietly reabsorbed, or a CME may result. The CMEs traveling faster than the background solar wind speed can generate a shock wave. These shock waves can ex accelerate charged particles ahead of them, 
causing increased radiation storms potential of intensity. Um, basically, um, in short, a CME is like an intact chunk of the sun that has exploded outwards, taking its structure magnetic fields with it. I guess wow. solar wind is more like shrapnel. Wow. Yeah. That's a really good description of that, man. And 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 to kind of tell you like a sunspot, like you have, and if you ever look on, you know, if you, there's so many different websites, I really should put them down. I even write them down. Um, forgive me. I'll have to put them on our Facebook page, but um, pretty sure NASA.org's got something oh, good yeah, on sunspots. There, there's that. Um, and there's other ones where other people have you know made websites up that direct link to different kinds of graphs and pictures or like you can continue updates of what the sun looks like from different types of uh you know what they're looking for yeah uh, and you'll see oh excuse me oh okay you'll see like um this little arc okay and you'll see these like little uh, arcs of flame and plasma you know come from one spot kind of arc and come back into another spot mm -hmm. and what it is is it's e either you have these suns, these arcs or these these the flux, uh, whatever you call it, is they come from a uh, uh, the sunspots. Mm -hmm. That's the dark spot you see on the sun, and basically yeah. these dark spots are either positive or negative. So these flux, uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, flux ropes. That's what it is. I mean, it's, it's like yeah, it's like a giant plasma flame that just kind of loop you know kind of like a horseshoe and okay it, it comes okay. out of a it either comes out of a part uh, a positive and then goes back into that particular sunspot that it came out of or that positive uh, sunspot the, the rope flux will actually go out and then go into a negative charged sunspot hmm and if you have several of these uh flux ropes they intertwine with each other they cause a lot of tension and everything and that's how you described that's when you can get your flares and you know possible cmes i mean you're talking about huge magnetic and electronic currents crossing i mean let, let's just take it to ghostbusters let's dumb it down for everybody mm -hmm. remember crossing the streams was bad yeah when you cross a lot of these it's really bad <laughs> and and I'm going to post, uh, when we put this episode up on uh, Facebook, I'm going to post, I'm going to make a photo album, you know, with just this number of the, what is this, we're at 47? This is 47? Yeah, um, I'll, three, I'll, three till Bigfoot, bitches. Yeah, um, I'm going to put a, a album and I'll just, you know, whatever the same title is. Anyways, I'll put some pictures and just kind of get an idea of what, you know, some of these giant CMEs and flares, the size they are compared to the Earth. It, yeah, it's it's it's, it's insane. Staggering. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, sunspots alone be bigger than the Earth. I mean, that's what I mean. You're talking about like you're comparing a, a piece of bacteria to a human. Yeah. I mean, it's that large. Oh yeah. I mean, it's it's <laughs> this just scary. I mean. Yeah. It's I mean, uh, dude, our universe is so violent and frightening. And yet people feel so safe and cozy, and I don't get it. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, honestly, the more I read in science, 
the more I'm like, how the hell are we all not freaking out living Men Max style by now? Yeah, I, I, I typically on any given day, I think to myself, well, either this crown's going to explode or I'm going to get fried by something or a giant meteor's going to hit me. But I'll make the best of it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I'll have fun while I'm here. And then if it doesn't happen, hell, I still had fun. So let it go. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, this, uh, like, I, like I've mentioned many times before, and, and I'm going to keep saying it, folks. We're, pre- we're approaching a, a, a grand, super grand solar minimum. You know, this will be one of the coldest in recorded history. And, uh, or one of the scariest, so, so- too. So, so when is the prediction that it's gonna it's gonna start, or we're gonna be in the throes? I think it, it, of it, or are, are we already year, in the throes of it? I think we are already at twenty five. It is hit twenty cycle twenty five. I think that was projected okay. for um, either the end of last year, or beginning of this year. I don't remember the exact dates. It might be on the paper I had from uh, that whatever that one episode. I don't so it know. seems like the cycles, like if it was twenty five, if it was we were in what cycle twelve. In the 1850s, um, I think it was 10 or 11. I, I don't yeah, know. yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah, but now we're in 25. Yeah, so you got to figure. And each cycle so, is 11 years long. Okay, okay. So, so we're gonna have to. If it gets this cold, it's man, you bastards gonna be cold for 11 years. And when when the people when we say that you know, hey, it's gonna be a temperature drop of like point something degrees Celsius. You know, people are like, oh, that's nothing. I, I don't think people realize how drastic that small to, of a change is. To nature, that is huge. That is huge, man. Yes. I mean, think, I mean, think about, of a one degree temperature difference in the ocean mm-hmm. can kill life in the ocean. One degree. Yeah. And here's another we thing. Are so sensitive. It's, you know, you have to think that people have to think that the your crops, how our food... You know, even some of our processed food has come from crops. Like, for instance, wheat. You mm-hmm. know, there are countries right now that are actually, that you know, that grow large portions of wheat that have not, they're actually very low. They can't keep up with what the demand yeah. is. Not even that. They can't even get, produce what they typically, on average, produce. And well, it's, it's going to get worse. Then you almost get into the discussion of overpopulation, too. Because if overpopulation weren't a problem, we'd have surplus. So we'd be able to make it through the, as the Bible said, lean years Hmm. to make it to the fat years. But as it is because there are so many who need so much, now very few will probably make it through the lean years Mm -hmm. to make it to start the fat years again. Yeah, and and here's the thing is – and it's going to drastically change so much. And this is how bad it's going to be. You're going to expect droughts, not just summer droughts, but winter droughts. Okay? Um, I wouldn't even, I would, I would expect the summer droughts to be less because summers won't be as warm as typically. Um, I would kind of yes or no, depending on where in the world it is. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to see places that typically, on average, the winter time, the average getting as low as, you know, you know maybe 10, 15 degrees. And they'll be getting winters that it's like, you know, 20, 30 degrees below. You know, you just, 
like that type of drastic. Your your time, your seasonal changes will greatly affect the crops that are growing that, you know, factor in so much to your food. So basically, we're not going to be able to produce, produce enough food. Not only yeah. that, what we do have is going to price is going to go up. And that's scary alone. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, prices are already so high. Yeah. You know, and also animals, too. You know, it's, it's I mean, it's, this is something that people, you know, that people don't think about this stuff. But it's, you, you really have to factor this in. With this solar grand minimum, it's going to be such a great degree that we haven't come into this type of one in hundreds and hundreds of years. And it's, it's, uh, it's scary. We're just scaring the shit out of you this episode, folks. That's right. <laughs> Get your anxiety going up. Yeah, yeah. If I were you people, I'd go home and take a handful of Xanax. Don't do that. I'm kidding. Yeah. Don't do that. My gosh. Put the alcohol Wait. down. You don't need it. Get the hell out of here. What the hell are you talking about? The alcohol down. Oh, yeah. Well. As, as I'm raising my drink, <laughs> you're like, put the alcohol down. What? What the hell are you talking to? <laughs> Jesus. But, um, sound like my first grade teacher. Put the alcohol down, Gary. Back off. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, I'm going to coffee here. Oh, I'm under the bourbon now, man. Oh, man. I haven't touched hard liquor in, in years. So smooth. So good. I only drink beer, you know, or wine. Yeah, but, ah, oh, man. Like, I had my dad over today, man, and he retired. Uh, so happy for him. So uh, I decided to kind of do a little cookout, mm-hmm. do a little cookout for my pops. And it, it was just me, him, and Dominic. We just, you know, kind of all ate. And I cooked. We all sat down and ate. And, you know, a bottle of red wine. But, God, I forgot how heavy a wine drunk is. Yes. Like, literally, you feel like somebody stacked 30 pounds on your shoulders and was like, okay, now go walk out there and slur everything. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that is a wine drunk. Wine drunks are, that's why, like, wine, I'm just really careful to, you know, I'll have a few glasses and that's it. Because if I continue to drink, you know, and it doesn't matter Uh if it's, like, 13% alcohol, it don't matter. A nah. wine hangover is something completely oh. its own. Yeah, uh, like you need you need a hot shower and end it cold. You need to immediately get out and get into very warm clothing and drink something hot like a coffee or cider. Directly after that, you need to eat something just a little greasy, not a lot greasy. Fried egg on toast, my favorite. Mm-hmm. And then you can start drinking water. <laughs> 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 like there's prep work to to rehydrate yourself. Yeah, it's sad that I know that, like that I've worked that out that finally. And the thing is, like you know, and I've known people, and you know, people that you know, they're wineaholics, love wine. Oh, oh know, yeah, and they can put away like bottles of wine, like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. You know, and and they don't get those. They don't get as no. hungover as often, and it's like I hate you. I hate no, you. but you, but those those same people though. You go out on night, and you're like, nah, we're drinking Jack. 
And then that's a whole different story because the next day you're up doing push-ups, yelling at them, get the hell up, we're going for a five-mile run. And they're just puking in your toilet and asking what happened to their pants. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, uh... Sorry, I'm making too much noise here, folks. That was my mail. Um, but yeah, it's, it's wine. It's like I said, I, I only drink yeah. wine and, and beer, mainly IPAs, because I, you know, I, I was getting really heavy on the on the liquor for a good while, and I just like I gotta stop. Yeah, it can get you. It can get you. Yeah. Yeah, that's for certain, man. Um, you know what? We're we're about at the closing time here, which I'm surprised Are we? that hit went quick. Closing time. Open all the doors and let you out into the... Hey, if you send me $5, I'll stop singing right now. <laughs> closing time. No, no. Okay, hey, uh, you want to do another one Wednesday? Oh, man, we're getting close to Bigfoot. It don't matter. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have I'd... to have a topic. No, I'll have one because I, I had my serial killers already picked out. Okay, then we'll do that. All right, people. All right, you folks. heard them. That's you right. heard you heard biscuits. We're doing you heard them this week. You heard him. My man dictated it. He cracked the whip on me. The old cat of nine tails flashed the butt plug and said, "We're doing it." And I said, "Yeah, we are." Yep. Okay, folks. Hey, be cool to each <laughs> other. Do something nice for someone. Don't be a douchebag. Don't be a douchebag, brother. Take care. You too. Bye-bye, nipples.